Hey, it's Peter Harmon, the food guru, here with your weekly pep talk. This week's pep talk is about culture. I'm going to start with a wide view of culture and then zoom into the specific culture of your restaurant. There are many different types of cultures. There are macro cultures. Countries have macro cultures. Think of the huge difference between America, France, China, Russia, India, and North Korea. Could you imagine a 16-year-old, blonde-haired, blue-eyed American girl trading in her iPhone for a burqa? Even within America, there are big cultural differences. People raised in Brooklyn are wired differently than people raised in Berkeley. There are microcultures. Different professions have different cultures. Sometimes these cultures transcend national and ethnic boundaries. Lawyers, doctors, engineers, accountants, NFL football players, Navy SEALs, musicians, and plumbers all have different cultures. There's even personal and family culture. People from different backgrounds have a different point of view. They interpret things differently. People who grew up in the South during the 50s and 60s see things differently than someone who grew up in the Midwest during the 90s. There's also differences between people who grew up wealthy and people who grew up poor. Rich kids often make better salespeople because they think nothing of recommending a $100 bottle of wine where a poor or middle class kid would find it more difficult. Then there are general restaurant cultures. Every restaurant has kitchen culture, management culture, and dining room culture. Owners, chefs, managers, bartenders, waiters, and dishwashers all have their own mindset and culture. The schedule is a perfect example of this. I can laminate my kitchen schedule and not change it for three months, while it's almost impossible to get the waiters to stick to the schedule for two weeks without making changes. Chefs are notorious for screaming and yelling, but it would be a real surprise for a 20-year-old hostess to blow a gasket and start throwing stuff now, wouldn't it? There's even specific restaurant culture. There are cultural differences between restaurants. The culture between a sushi restaurant and a burger joint is huge. The culture in a McDonald's is much different than the culture of Pizza Hut, which is different from Burns Steakhouse in Tampa or the French Laundry in Napa. Your restaurant has a specific culture. If you're a good leader and you have a clear vision and goals, the culture of your restaurant is shaped by you. Then it's followed by your managers and then adapted by your employees. And if you have a really cool culture, it might even get adapted by your customers. But if you're not a good leader and you do not have a clear vision and goals, the culture of your restaurant will be shaped by the waiters and the cooks. Here's a big thing about culture. Get ready. The true culture of your restaurant happens when you are not there. Huh? What? Did he really just say that? Did the food guru just say the true culture of my restaurant happens when I am not there? Well, yes, I did. Your restaurant is like a giant Petri dish and the culture is growing every day. The big question is what type of nutrients and nourishment are your people being fed and who is feeding them? Are they being fed crap by their misguided peers or are they being fed positive vision and inspirations of something greater than themselves. Did you know that your service culture is being created by your dining room manager during the daily staff meeting, if he has one, and through every interaction your people have with him or her? And did you know that your culinary culture is being created by your chef and sous chef? It's true, your cooks are following their lead. So the question is, what message are your leaders feeding the staff? 
Are they following your lead and creating a great culture? Or are they just showing up and going through the motions? Now hear this. In 80% of all restaurants, the real culture is being shaped by the employees. That's right. The real culture of your dining room is being shaped while the waiters are rolling silverware and standing around the side stations. The real culture of your restaurant is being shaped by the cook with the biggest mouth or the best drugs. The real culture of your restaurant is being created in the office by your managers when you are not there. When you break it all the way down, culture is simply the way we do things around here. The culture of your restaurant is the thing that makes it exactly what it is today. The culture of your restaurant should be shaped by you and then fed to the managers and the leaders on a daily basis. Creating the right culture is the job of the leader. Once culture is set, it is very difficult to change. Creating or changing a culture is a big deal and it will not happen overnight. As I have already already said, the true culture of your restaurant is most evident when you are not around. Wow, wow, and wow. Okay, let's stop for a second and regroup because if you really care about your business and you're honest with yourself, you're probably suffering from culture shock right now. I know I am because everything I just said is true and very difficult to swallow. But unfortunately, there is a way to change your culture for the better. And that's what we're going to talk about. My goal is to start a restaurant revolution and help every restaurant owner on the planet build a better restaurant and learn to thrive. So here's what we all need to do. In order to change our culture, we must first understand it. So let's start at the beginning. Culture has five steps. These five steps are assumption, belief, acceptance, expectation, and artifact. If you want to change any part of your culture and your people, if you want to, let me start again. If you want to change any part of your culture, you and your people must go through all five of these steps with every change you want to make. Okay, so number one is assumption. It also has a little bit to do with goals. So let's imagine that you listen to my podcast on 100% attendance and you realize that your restaurant has a serious attendance problem with lots of call-offs and missed shifts every week. Now, as a smart leader, you want to improve your attendance. So you set the goal of 100% attendance. You make the assumption that your restaurant can achieve the standard of 100% attendance, which means 100% of the positions needed for every shift are filled by qualified people who arrive and depart on time. So you meet with your managers, you explain your vision, assumption, and goal, and then you create a plan to achieve 100% attendance. Then you have a staff meeting and explain the goal to every single member of your team. After one week, when your people are on time for every shift and you have zero missed shifts, this means you have 100% attendance for one week. All of a sudden, your people see the positive results and they begin to believe that 100% attendance is an achievable goal. At this point, your 100% attendance goal moves from being an assumption and it starts to become a belief. Some of your people start to believe that 100% attendance is achievable and worthy. When you achieve 100% attendance for one week, you and your people will start to believe that it can happen again. 
when the entire team sees the positive results, they too will begin to believe in the system and the goal. Then you can celebrate the victory with your managers and the team and set new goals for 100% attendance. How about 100% attendance for a month? It's great that the leader has the belief, but no belief will become reality until the managers and the team accept and act on those beliefs. Just like true beauty, belief must be more than skin deep. Belief must saturate the entire organization from the top to the bottom before it becomes an expectation and part of the restaurant culture. Okay, now, number three is acceptance. After a few months of 100% attendance, your people will accept the fact that 100% attendance is the way it is here in this restaurant. 100% attendance will become the accepted standard in your restaurant. There's even a formula for this theory, and here it is. It's Q times A equals E. And this means quality of an idea times acceptance equals effectiveness. The quality of an idea or a product multiplied by the acceptance of the idea or product by the management and the staff and the customer equals the effectiveness of the idea or the product. It's true. You can have the greatest idea or product in the world, but if your people and your customers don't accept it, you're dead. Your ideas must be accepted by your people before they become part of your culture. Your message must transcend ethnic, gender, age, financial, and cultural differences. The process of building or changing a culture starts at the top with the leader. Then it must move down to the managers and then to every single member of the team. The practice and execution of the fundamentals is the job of everyone in the organization. The process of cultural change the process of cultural change can be based on any part of your business, from the overall concept to a single aspect, such as achieving 100% attendance for every shift. When the team believes and accepts your ideas, the idea will move from an acceptance to an expectation. So number four is expectations. When the team expects when the team accepts and consistently achieves 100% attendance, they will begin to expect it to happen all the time. Expectations are part of your restaurant culture. This is how 100% attendance can become part of your culture and thus the expected norm for your restaurant. Now, payday is a great example of an expectation. If your people don't get paid on payday, there will be blood, and you know it. The idea concept, assumption, will only become an expectation when the leader believes it and makes it an important part of the system. The manager believes and enforces the idea or concept, and the team members believe in the idea and accept the idea. Okay, and then the fifth one, the fifth part of culture, is an artifact. An artifact is the physical embodiment of the idea or the goal. The artifact of 100% attendance is zero missed shifts, a well-trained team, improved service, and happy customers. A measurable artifact of 100% attendance could be improved sales and money in the bank. Wow, I love that one. Okay, now we're in the home stretch, so stick with me for another minute. And let's recap. 
The five steps of creating a culture are one, assumption. The leader introduces an idea to the system with the assumption that it will work. For example, the leader sets a new standard for 100% attendance of every shift. Number two is belief. After one week, the staff shows up for every shift on time. The managers and the staff will begin to believe that it can happen again and maybe all the time. Number three is acceptance. The managers and the staff must accept and buy into the idea. Q times A equals E. Quality times acceptance equals the effectiveness of your idea or product. Number four is an expectation. After several months of everyone being on time, the team expects it to happen. Payday is the perfect example of an expectation. Number five is an artifact. The artifact is the physical proof that the idea exists. A great schedule with no missed shifts is an artifact. Your P&L with a lower food cost is an artifact. An increased check average is an artifact. Money in the bank is a great artifact. Every new idea must go through all five phases. Assumption, belief, acceptance, expectation, and artifact. Ideas must be accepted and embraced by the team before they will become part of your culture. Remember this. The true culture of your restaurant is what happens when you are not there. If your people play grab ass, drink your boots, and rob you blind, then that's the true culture of your team. But if your people serve great food, deliver excellent service, then that's the culture of your restaurant and the real artifact of your leadership. Hey, I'm going to try something new today. It's time for a question. I get this question from my clients all the time, and it goes like this. What do you do when your managers and people just don't believe your vision? You can't just fire them, can you? Isn't it better to have someone show up and do most of the work, even if they don't buy in 100%? I love this question because it hits the concept of creating a culture from both sides. The first side is from the mind of the leader. If the goal of the leader is to make the most money possible for himself, then he's going to have a difficult time getting people to buy into that vision. Now, I know that the goal of business is to make a profit, but greed is not a very effective motivator. If your goal as the owner is to create a culture of excellence and deliver a great dining experience to the customer, you have a chance to make that happen. So let's imagine we set the goal of making the world's best cheeseburger. We only have three things on the menu. Cheeseburger, fries, and a Coke. That's it. Think about how easy it would be to operate this restaurant. We know exactly who we are and what we're trying to accomplish. We know who we are and who we are not. Everything we do must aim at the goal of making the world's best cheeseburger, must buy the best meat, the best cheese, make the best buns, and have the best environment to eat a cheeseburger. Everything we do must support the cheeseburger, and everything that does not support the cheeseburger must go. Now this is where it becomes a little tough. Now let's imagine our manager doesn't really buy into the world's greatest cheeseburger thing, and he feels it's a little too hokey. So he refuses to train the staff to proudly say the company line. Welcome to Cheeseburger World, the home of the world's best cheeseburger. Can we keep this manager? Should we keep this manager? What if he thinks our standard for baking fresh buns every 30 minutes is a little too often and he settles for every hour? Should we keep this manager? Can we keep this manager? I say we can only keep him if we want to lower our standards and go out of business. 
This manager is using his disbelief and lack of acceptance to kill our restaurant. He's not interested in making the world's best cheeseburger. His personal interests are not in line with ours. He is an enemy combatant. Think about it. What else is he telling our young, impressionable staff when we're not there? The people who refuse to believe need to be replaced with people who do believe. And this goes double for managers, maybe triple. Here's another idea. What about the vegetarian customer who wants to put a veggie, who wants us to put a veggie burger on the menu? They say, oh my God, I'd come here all the time if you had a veggie burger. Well, I say they too are trying to kill our concept. They are also an enemy combatant. Their goal is, our goal is to make the world's greatest cheeseburger, not veggie burgers. Our goal and their interests don't line up. You see, it all comes down to who am I and why am I here? What is my goal? This is a matter of biblical importance. Your people are either for you or they are against you. There is no middle ground. There is no gray area. The gray area is indecision. Indecision leads to death. Here's a good one for you. You are either for you or you are against you. Chew on that one. It's your job as a leader to set the goal and make it happen. A culture of excellence. The goal should be to create a culture of excellence where winners thrive and everybody achieves their goals. You must create an environment that attracts the best people your market has to offer. Your restaurant must be the place where the best people want to work. You must empower your people to improve and grow as people and professionals. Our competitive advantage is our culture of excellence. Better people make better cooks, bartenders, waiters, and managers. Honesty plus integrity plus authenticity plus resilience equals performance. We must hire for character. Think about George Washington, Ben Franklin, and Thomas Jefferson. They were the founders of our country. They gave birth to a nation they never really got to enjoy. They did the hard work. And 243 years later, we still get to enjoy the fruits of their labor. Hey, it's the same thing with your restaurant. You are a founding mother or father. It is your duty to create a legacy of excellence for future generations to follow. So, that's the answer to that question. If you have a question you'd like to ask, please come to Food Guru University and click the link that says questions. My name is Peter Harmon. I am the food guru. My goal is to help you build a better restaurant. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Peter Harmon, the food guru here. My goal in life is to start a restaurant revolution. I want to help every restaurant owner on the planet thrive. That means I want every restaurant owner on the planet to write themselves a check for 10% of their sales every month. I have a tool to help you get there. I've written a small ebook called Build a Better Restaurant. It focuses on eight basic fundamentals that you can use to improve your restaurant. This little ebook will help you become 1% better every day. This little ebook will help you change your life one small step at a time. This small ebook will help you build a better restaurant and a better life. Just come to foodguruuniversity.com and download it for free right now. Don't worry, I'm not going to spam you with all kinds of crap. I'm way too busy for that stuff. But think about it. What do you have to lose? 
Just come to Food Guru University and download the ebook now. Your future self is waiting for you to smarten up and start kicking ass. I'm Peter Harmon, the Food Guru. Thanks for listening.